0: Right. inappropriate Earl Tuesday night 8:30 uh, we are uh, doing a uh, kind of a cool podcast right now I have a man here who is in about an hour and a half about to roast battle we've never really done one the night of uh, although uh, we might have yeah yeah i mean it's uh you know i i don't like doing a podcast with someone who's about to do a roast battle because i figure they're going to be nervous and you know uh but hey fuck it it. you you live far away uh so we got the great lonnie johnson guys overrated but glad to be here man a black metal fan not a black metal fan but (laughs) uh a a african-american human who likes metal
1: we invented rock music, so I might as well like this shit.
0: Yeah, Chuck Berry. Uh, yeah, he's still alive, by the way. Little Richard.
1: Little Richard. Yeah,
0: that was crazy. That Little Richard. You think uh, uh, how hard he had it growing up, a gay black man in the South. Yeah, I mean, but uh,
1: he was so talented. Is like it kind of music. That's the one thing about it in the South is like if you're really talented musically, it'll it'll kind of at least make it where they don't like completely just make you a uh, just a you know piece of shit in society or whatever if you're as talented as he
0: was and uh, by the way that squeaky noise you hear is lois everyone's favorite uh podcast dog uh playing with her squeaky toy and uh lonnie if you could hand me that ball when she uh lois come here man we're trying to do a fucking podcast uh sorry about that guys lois is uh loves her squeakies um but, yeah, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, look, Michael Jackson could moonwalk, so he got a free pass on doing what he was doing.
1: Even Jerry Lee Lewis, too. He was a fucking pervert, but...
0: Oh, Ted Nugent. I mean, it's not just uh, Michael Jackson, but, it, you know, you'd think if Michael Jackson was a truck driver doing what he was doing, uh, he'd be in the can. Uh, but, hey, uh, the moral of the story to you guys uh, and girls, girls can be scummy, too, is uh, make sure you have a talent if you're going to... Uh, Molest people. Yeah, be, behave uh, inappropriately. And uh, by the way, we should say allegedly molest people. OJ could play football. He allegedly killed two people. Um, so, by the way, I was watching. There's a new documentary uh, on OJ. Uh, what was it? Uh, if OJ was innocent. And they had this three detectives break a doll down. And I never really realized how great OJ's skin was. So, that <laughs> a black man. Do you think OJ was guilty or innocent? He did it, of course. There were breaking
1: news. That's the best part of the story is that he did it and he got off. I think it didn't in that in that same um documentary, one of the ladies who was actually on the jury, they asked her, is like, do you think O. J. did? It? And she was like, Yeah, of course he did it. This was this was uh payback for Rodney King. Like she just straight up said it.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, I just think it's great that he's in jail for like 15 years for robbery what an idiot he literally damn near chopped off two people's heads his blood was everywhere (laughs) but in his own body Uh, i mean it was everywhere there's no way the cops just hatched this plan all of a sudden to frame him in the middle of the night let's get him uh but you gotta give johnny cochran
1: his props too for oh yeah even making it even given a little bit of a shadow of a doubt when the whole world was like, he did it.
0: I mean, I think the guy who won the uh, trial, uh, I mean, Cochran, absolutely. uh, But F. Lee Bailey, when he uh, questioned Mark Furman on the uh, N word uh, situation, he backed him into a corner. You've never said that word. And he kept saying it. And, uh, you know, I I can't say that word, but like. uh, Can I be the
1: third guy to drop the N bomb on your podcast?
0: Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to say the line of questioning that. F. Lee Bailey was directing at Mark Furman. And when the time is right, you say that word.
1: This is the the part I was born to play.
0: This is the part that basically got O.J. off when F. Lee Bailey was questioning uh, Mark Furman. And uh, by all accounts, Mark Furman was a good detective, uh, (laughs) horribly racist. But there were some instances where he got black people off. The best detectives are racist. Colombo. Columbo. Yeah, uh, oh my God, Crockett and Tubbs, I mean, uh, always going after the Cubans. Harry Mason. Um, So this is uh, our reenactment of that uh, trial uh, transcript. So, Mr. Furman, you swear on your life that you've never said the word nigger. You've never referred to a group of African-American or African-Americans as niggers. So... Am I to understand you correctly, Mr. Furman, that you are saying right now, in a court of law, under oath, you've never said the word nigger? Well, there you go, guys. So uh, that's the third time in inappropriate oral history that that word has been said uh, on my podcast. The first time by a black dude, though, right? The great Jeremy Paul. The second time, well, I won't say who the second time was because he's probably trying to... uh, you know, get that credit off of his resume, but it was a white guy. And, uh, after he said it, he's like, Hey man, you're going to take that out. Right. I'm like, Nope. And, uh, I'm going to uh, use it a gamble.
1: Just no hard R.
0: Well, it's just, it's, it, it. it's like, you know, I told this story before the first time I heard that word, uh, I thought it was a compliment. No, I mean, I was, uh, I was playing golf and, uh, my uh, uncle, I pl- shot, uh, bogey golf on the front nine of Bel Air country club. Uh, from the men's tees and you know i was 13 i didn't really uh, practice a lot i just said fuck it i'm just gonna whack the ball around so that's pretty good score from the men's tees on a legit uh pga uh tour uh, golf course Uh, i think the 1976 u.s uh, amateur was held there so it's like a legit you know it's not a putt-putt course and uh I ran home. I told my uncle Jim that, uh, you know, uncle Jim, I just shot a bogey golf at Bel Air Country Club. And he looks at me and goes, Earl, that's nigger golf. <laughs> now, not knowing what that word, we're going to take this on the road, bro. I oh, It's great because uh, I can't tell this story on stage. <laughs> and it's a great that su- sucks actually that's not a bad story dude. but it's a great story because it shows you the naivety or, or stupidity that i had and so the next day i go down to the caddy yard of course they're all black down there maybe one or two white guys so out of about 40 people you've got two white guys maybe a few mexicans rest all old school black guys uh because you know as a caddy you get paid cash yeah. you, i mean they're probably making pretty good money out here oh yeah i mean uh you uh you as a caddy or a ballet at the Bel Air Hotel, those guys never leave. Uh, it's I'm sure it's not where they envision their life, but like... Probably better than my shitty job right now. We'll get into that. Yeah. So the next day, I go down to the caddy yard. I'm like, guys, guys, my Uncle Jim said I shot... Nigger. Golf. And the biggest, blackest caddy, Ray Hood, who's no longer with us, probably about six, seven, five hundred 500 pounds. I mean, he was just a... Like a pro wrestler body uh, just walks out to me and goes, Earl, we love your uncle because he was the best tipper, but don't ever say that word again. I'm like, why not? You really didn't know? No, I was 13. I'd never heard the word once uh, before that. The tone didn't give it away. 1978. I was 10 years old. I met a movie by myself, Century City. At the Plit Theater, which is no longer there, uh, I was watching Escape from Alcatraz, and we're going to do this one more time. This is crazy. I'm probably going to get kicked off of... Uh,
1: <laughs> Not to be confused with the clit Theater, which right. sure oh, was wish. another West... That's, that's, uh, that's in
0: West Hollywood now. And there's a very famous scene in the movie Escape from Alcatraz where it's Clint Eastwood's first day in prison, and uh, he goes over to the black section, and they were all sitting on stairs... And as each stair went higher, there were fewer and fewer blacks until you got to the top stair where the oldest guy was sitting. He was king of the king of the ring, so to speak. Now, Clint Eastwood walks all the way up to this guy, looks at him, and starts to walk back down the stairs. And the old, the, the oldest black guy, the the, the leader is like, <laughs> the leader now there's the two reasons. Mans. Yeah, he was definitely the the the, uh, the 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 ruler or the the most respected. Uh, of- You don't uh, read any of these books on black people. You got? I just I don't know. Oh Kamala, I don't know if uh, book on Kamala counts. No, it's is a probably book not on, good enough. Yeah, which might have been the most racist uh, wrestling uh, character ever. And that's a lot of competition, by the way. Oh my, we'll get into that too. But then. The, the black guy says to Clint Eastwood, now there's two reasons you didn't sit next to me. Either you're scared or you just hate nigger. And Clint Eastwood <laughs> sits down next to him <laughs> and, and goes, yeah, I just hate <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: i want to see the transcripts of this podcast right. at this point
0: by the way i think i've just been kicked off of
1: soundcloud and itunes <laughs> or we created some really cool podcast drinking game where you take a shot of jim bean every time somebody says nigger
0: well it's really the worst word i think in the english language but uh I think really it makes fun of white people as being so fucking ignorant or whoever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I,
0: I mean, whoever uses the word.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the greatest explanation for why the (laughs) word makes white people look so bad is because like black people don't need it. White people need that word. It's like, I, I'm obvious. It's like that new movie. I forget um, what the guy's name is. Uh, I'm not a Negro. He, he actually says that. And he says, you know, I tell white people is like, Oh, don't call me that. And then, why you know if a, if, a, if a white person has a problem with that with calling me that like and you you feel the need to call me that well then who needs that word and who really is the nigger you know like you need to worry more than the other person does well
0: it's like uh i mean i'm i was uh raised catholic but i'm technically jewish because my mom was jewish so you know every time i hear you know uh I mean, I can't tell you how many times in high school, which was a Catholic high school, that I would hear, hey, Skakel, let's go Jew Jew down the ticket broker <laughs> for tickets to the <laughs> hockey game, man. Yeah.
1: I, I, that's why I can't. Honestly, I can't criticize you for using the N-word because I use the word Jew derogatorily almost every day. Like
0: day. I've never said the N-word in public.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, In I, public. Use, oh, I can't say that. I, I, I use the word Jew derogatorily
0: every day. But I mean, I get like, you know, but when I uh, hear someone say, we got to Jew down the. Like, I'm buying a new car right now and my friend's helping me. And he's like, yeah, we'll Jew down the guy. And it's like. <laughs> you ever heard of nigger rigging? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's like the same thing. It's like, oh, let
1: me. My car's not working. Oh, what do you. Let me see if I can nigger rig it to get it to work or whatever. It's like, it's the same thing.
0: Well, I mean, it. it I, I mean you know so when someone says the jew thing i like it makes you look bad it doesn't make like yeah. you know i mean there's so many awful people in the world that uh, i'm races. glad we got right
1: into the the bulk of the derogatory words right at the gate i'm glad we just went and
0: ripped that off yeah i thought we were going to start off with roast battle talk but i mean i know. probably don't have time now right yeah, well, that's the podcast, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. We'll see you at the uh, Tom Metzger's house. See you niggers later. Yeah. We'll, uh, so And it's funny. I play uh, the character. I used to, you know, when Roast Battle started, I was the house racist. Uh, and then me and uh, I, my lovely uh, friend Whitney Rice, we were the house racists. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the heat got on and it was like, well, we better just go with a heckler or all. <laughs> yeah. And then I think Comedy Central was like, uh, hey, can Earl roast? Because we're not sure about that character on TV. So um, luckily I can roast. And, uh, you know. In my opinion,
1: because, you know, I'm from Memphis. I'm from the South. Like the house hater or race, whatever. But just the persona would, I mean, you would sell out. You would sell out, um, like, FedEx Forum where the Grizzlies play. You would sell that shit out all the time. People couldn't get enough of that. Well, That's I why would, I want Roast Battle to get more popular down there because I feel like if just that aspect of it, not even the roasters, just hearing how the hater, like, I mean, because we all know it's a it's a, a gag, you know. We all know it's a, it's a persona or whatever. I mean, I would hope people so. People would be mesmerized by this shit just to... This guy has the freedom and like in everybody and they're like, oh, this man is loved for being the house hater. You know, everybody loves, you know, the house hater.
0: Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's always like so laughable to me that someone would think a show hosted by Brian Moses, a black man <laughs> would uh, like really have a racist you know maniac and you take cues from him all you know all yeah show like are you kidding me so it's like uh and you know i'm really the furthest thing from racist i know i know usually when someone says that they're racist but like <laughs> you know i'm not homophobic but uh we gotta get rid of these fags uh i was raised essentially for half my childhood by a black uh, caretaker Oh so you know and he was the first person who ever died in my life that like I was affected by so like I'm like you know very uh I don't know. You know. I'm cool with the brothers. <laughs> <You> <laughs> no, actually, I didn't know
1: that till you battled Benji, and I guess he, I guess he had a joke, a, a long ass joke about it. Yeah, and, and that's how I realized it. I was like, oh shit, I never knew that.
0: I started to well up a little bit because. Oh yeah, it, he got
1: it got kind of deep for a second. I remember, and you were laying on the floor at the time. It was like almost like one of those.
0: Well, I had to, psychiatrist uh, psychiatrist moments, you know, that was a very, uh, hard battle for me to take because Benji Aflalo is one of the, the top, uh, comedy central writers. Um, and I knew he was very capable of beating me, uh, and, uh, we're dear friends. Uh, and it was kind of a no win battle for me. Cause if I beat him, uh, you know, it's like well, Earl, you just beat someone who hasn't battled in three years, uh, and then. Uh, but he writes a lot, though. It's not like he's been. But it's a different. Uh,
1: it's different muscle. It's you a think?
0: different muscle because, yeah. like in in our battle, uh, you might even say he had the better jokes than I did, but I was a little more, um, I guess, pardon the pun, battle tested. Uh, so it. Uh, you know worked out and he's amazing. i just think he
1: took a really uh crazy gamble with that joke and it didn't pay off
0: you know well that absolutely was too long which uh but his other i mean rest
1: he it was it was a great back and forth you know it was kind of like a slobber knocker up to that point and then he he gambled on that one joke and it kind of cost him but
0: yeah no he's an really amazing uh amazing comic and uh you know he's one of the few people to sell a show uh, he didn't just sell a pilot, but he sold a show to a uh, series, yeah. which is unheard of, to sell a series. Um, was, so, this, was this his first pilot? Um, I think he's had a few pilots, uh, you know, but uh, this one is with Esther Pavitsky, and uh, I don't know the details of it, but uh, if he's involved, it's going to be funny. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't plan on roasting a lot uh, in the future, but. Um, you know we'll see what happens I like to uh, coin a wrestling term and say uh, I'll only do the pay-per-views yeah I-,
1: <laughs> I like your fight card too like I've just been looking at everybody's fight cards I kind of I want that I want I mean I just I battle my friends you know I don't really know a lot of people and I'm not gonna try to like go battle somebody even though I know they're really competitive Um, just I mean at this point you know I love the show I know Moses is like cool with like Booking me and people now. I just want to just battle my friends, but I, I do think it's cool having like a really sick fight card, a ton of people that you fought and just
0: I mean, well, I good and competitive already. I mean, I started out uh, with maybe the worst victory in the history of roast battle. Uh, with uh, my very first battle was against Boone Shakalaka, <laughs> and uh, that reaction you just gave me was the reaction a lot of people give me. Like, you did he, did he
1: just smash you, or like, was it?
0: I'm telling you, it, he's not as easy as you'd think. Uh, I
1: would never battle Boone. I feel like that's just a that's just a way of uh,
0: not not because I don't have
1: respect for him. I just feel like he he's a sleeper probably.
0: Oh, absolutely, because he just looks at you and says the same thing, uh, which is, uh, you know, you got AIDS, teaches AIDS. <laughs> and it's like, you might be able to, uh, you know, hit that once with a rebuttal, which I did, and then that was his next joke and the next joke. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, Boone Shakalaka would beat, uh, I would say half the roasters who are ranked 40 to 50. I just assume he reads all those books he sells so I I just, I don't
1: know, in my head that, that fool is probably smart as fuck and he's probably a re- legit writer and we just, I mean how would
0: you know? He is kind of funny to be honest with you but he's so fucking annoying. Now uh, uh, for those of you uh, kind of lost in this conversation right now, uh, Boonshaka Shakalaka is a uh, homeless uh, I think he might be like a pre-op uh Trans, uh, trans something. Is he pre-op, uh, post-op, pre-op? We're not really sure what he is. Where'd he to, get the money for that? From all the fucking sales, Jesus uh, Christ! And what he does is he steals things from stores and then sells them at the comedy store for a dollar, which is actually a pretty smart business model. Um, he's had some pretty legit stuff.
1: I remember thinking a couple of times, like, man, I kind of actually do want that book, and he's he's had it for sale, like clean, nice. You know, hardback editions of shit. I was like, man, where'd you
0: get that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, had a nice, really nice white snake, vintage white snake shirt, but he wanted five bucks for it. So I had to, like, sorry, Ben, I had to Jew him down, if you will, <laughs> uh, because there used to be this other black dude who would come to the store, uh, and he was uh, he would come up with these bags and bags of really nice, like Mitchell and Ness jerseys, like really nice, but he tried to sell them for like two hundred dollars. I'm like, dude. I tried to help him. Uh, I'm mean, like, dude, you know, this is a bunch of broke comics for the most part up here. You're not going to see too much. Work. And then Russell Peters bought like a, a newspaper off of him, like a vintage LA Times for like a hundred bucks. So the guy started showing up like every night asking for Russell. And then uh, Boone raised his prices. But that was my first. Uh, Russell
1: Peters, you you can't do that, dude. Yeah, he really. You uh, got to haggle with these folks, don't you understand? You got to join them down.
0: Yeah, you got to like. Well, I won't say that word, but like Russell's the best. Uh, but uh, that was, yeah, that was Boone was my first victory. But then after Boone, I uh, stepped up my fight card to uh, arguably, it could be arguably the greatest fight card of all time. Uh, in my humble opinion. Um, Boone kind of kills it though. It's like, absolutely. You know, like- but I will say this, I, I, you know, and, and then I, uh, and I have losses to uh, Whitney Rice, who had never battled before. So there's that. Uh, and then my only other loss is to Sarah Tiana. Uh, and, you know, losing yeah, that's to her. nothing to be ashamed of. Though. I mean, losing to her is better than winning against most people. That girl is an angel. And she's so good. And, and you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, aggressive enough uh, against her. I got too uh, in my head about Sarah Silverman judging. So I was like, well, I can't call her fat or old. And she's not either. But, you know, it's, it, broke, it, it's not compliment battle but i uh try to go too cute and uh especially in a one-round battle as you know if you lose momentum it's It's over uh for the most part because like my first joke didn't really hit it didn't bomb but it didn't hit hers did so i'm basically down one to zero that's my concern tonight is okay three you
1: know three jokes if you have one weak joke you got to put it in the middle But you don't know if it's the weak joke. That's true. You don't know until you try them. It's so true. But if if I have a joke and I say this is my weakest joke, you can't end with it. And you damn sure better not start with it because then you almost need your next two, both of your next jokes to hit and one of the person's, your battling jokes to flop. Otherwise, you kind of just
0: set the cat, you know? I mean, that's all I needed against Sarah was just after that first one didn't like exactly hit. Was like God. I just hope one joke doesn't do well because I'm like the king of rebuttals. Uh, well, Doug, I would say Doug Fager's the the king, king of rebuttals. But uh, you know, I'm that, that's my best thing is rebuttals. And she just gave me nothing to. Uh, it's very smart. Uh, but and then, but that's what I love about roast battles. It's such a strategical show. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's. I think that is my favorite part of it. Is just the battleship element of it. You know, it's just like. They don't know what you got. You don't know what they have. It's almost like, you have these cars. They have these cars. And it I mean, it is, the, in my opinion, the world's greatest joke writing
0: showcase. Oh, absolutely. And it's not... You know, it's joke writing in the most high pressure uh, or joke telling, I guess, in the most high pressure form. Telling, I mean, yeah, telling. You know, and it's not just you're in a packed room, but, you know, you're, you you got to deal with all the elements of like me yelling shit out.
1: <laughs> oh, that reminds me, I got to tell you, because uh, I listen to your podcast all the time. Thank you very much. you fuck up my friend's name Please. all the time.
0: Because let me, before you say his name, uh, I am obsessed with this one battler, <laughs> but I don't know his name. Yeah it kills me how
1: you I like I know you I don't know if you just don't know it
0: or I don't know obscure I'm not of a name I'm not giving him shit I I love watching this guy <laughs> it's almost like a bit now what's his name Johnny Stewart I if Johnny Stewart if you listen I would love to have you on my podcast just to make up the times I've Either forgotten your name completely, or just Matt Stewart. You're,
1: you'd love him. He is the most adorable piece of white trash you're ever gonna have on on his couch. I swear but, to God.
0: But that's why. But it's like he he's not the greatest roaster, but he owns it, and he tries hard. He he goes in there with a good attitude. Um, he,
1: he's he's like Dice Clay, dude. I swear. You meet him. I don't. I know he wants to be Dice Clay, but like he he embodies him in so many ways and he's just he really is just a just a social deviant you know and he doesn't he's not apologetic about it or anything and you know he's at the he's um we do the flappers open mic and he's there all the time you know i love him he smoked me out so many times he's like i can't even hate him there's nothing i he drops the bomb almost every open mic and i can't even talk shit about him because he's just so adorable to me But, like, I listen to your podcast and you fuck his name up every time. It's just so funny.
0: But it's really not um, done on purpose. I just, you know, uh, so many. And he doesn't do it that much. Uh, Johnny Stewart. He actually has a battle coming up. I can't
1: wait. He's battling a a chick. I'm sure if you see this chick, I'm sure you'll recognize her. What's her name? Kellyanne Sattler.
0: Oh, yeah. She's like a Roast Battle fan. She's always there. She's the Roast Battle fan. She might and she's battling
1: yeah i didn't yeah she's doing comedy she's she's a comic now she's like she's she's getting more fucking spots than i
0: get she's doing it and
1: she's battling uh, your boy
0: Johnny Stewart do we know when this epic battle is uh <laughs> i think it's like april or something i mean a lot of people want to do it you know i i and she's been to the the, the show a few times she's so, invested
1: enough in the show she deserves a, to be able to battle but opinion.
0: it's not as easy as it looks so i will tell you that much uh you know it, it's the judges uh, the, you like the, the
1: wave uh Meyerwitz. it's like it's like running through a gauntlet man really that's the only way i can describe it if you if you want to put yourself through it more there's a lot of the payoff is worth it
0: oh i think so i mean i i, I know for me uh it's helped me, uh I won't I won't say it's the reason I got passed at the comedy store, but I, I think it helped uh Adam uh you know, see me do well every week, usually. I was one or two weeks I you know, bombed. If but. Tommy was still there, do you think Rose battle, he would have passed you with Rose battle. No, because uh, that. I don't think it's any accident that uh, Rose battle happened on Tommy's off night. <laughs> um, <laughs> because oh, uh, did
1: it? Did it bubble up after he lived?
0: Well, uh, Tuesday nights uh, th- there used to be uh, in the main room. Uh, I don't want to say it was the black show. Oh, but Fat Tuesday, right? It was Fat Tuesday, and then uh, I think there were, it became something else after uh, certain things happened yeah, there. Yeah,
1: see, I never got to go to that. I was listening to, because I listened to the Comedy Store podcast, and um, Guy Tori was on there talking about Fat Tuesday, and I was like, because, you know, I, I'm never at the store, really, unless I'm battling. Right. And, um, I, I mean, I've been a few times. Actually, I have a funny story about my, the first time I went to the Comedy Tell Store. Tell it. But um, Fat Tuesday, man, I really wish I had got to see that because, I mean, from way he described it, it was like all these, like, Eddie Murphy would come through every now and then. There'd be, like... Chappelle. Chappelle. Yeah. I was like, man, like, like, how does that happen? Was Tommy there when all this, like, blackness was fucking happening
0: in the other room? Uh, let's just say this. Uh, I think there was no accident that uh, Tommy's <laughs> off night was Tuesday. <laughs> 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 um you know uh he's he not here can't stomach it um you know I, I uh he's not here to defend himself so uh i'll Fair just nice. say that let's just say i think uh, he would have loved this podcast though because we've dropped the bomb probably more oh, yeah. time he, he, he really enjoyed
1: this episode i think
0: i mean i tried to uh you know he was never going to pass me to answer your question he said he was on the podcast i don't believe him um you know uh But but what can I do? I mean, luckily, uh, you know. Yeah. uh, Well, I'm new to the store. Like
1: everything I know about it is just from Rose Battle and just. But the very first time I went to the store is probably like two years ago. Like right when I started comedy. Right. And this guy, I had just met him. He's like friend. He's like my wife's friend's boyfriend. And he was like, "Oh, I have tickets, you know, to the original room.
0: And I love Ron White. He might. I think he is probably my favorite." comic he is if everyone in la or in comedy would act like him there'd be no fucking he might be one of my
1: favorite people in hollywood i don't even know but i love ron white so ron white was going on and you know i love celebrities like i'm i'm from the south like i never see celebrities i go to comedy store and it's like fucking mecca for comics so it's like sure why not so we go uh we're we're in the original room i actually got to see eleanor kerrigan too who i really like and You know, I'm enjoying myself with him. He goes outside, you know, the bar, the patio bar. He walks out, and this is a little Mexican guy. He's like five, three, and he gets into an argument with these two black guys. I've never seen, I don't know if they're comics. I don't know what they're, if they're just, you know, people come to the store or whatever. And he gets into an argument, and I can see this argument going on outside. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? So I go out, and he's, you know, he's been drinking, he's kind of getting belligerent or whatever. And, the black dudes are actually cool. They're like, you know, it's, you know like, they don't know that this is my friend. In my opinion, he's not my friend. He's just this guy who, like, hooked me up with tickets. I just, you know, had just recently met him. No bullshit. He, he out of nowhere, takes a swing at one of these black dudes right on the patio. And the black dude just completely parries it. And his friend hits this dude, the guy I came with, in the face and hits him above the eye and, and blows his eye open immediately. First shot. And I'm like, man, like, what's the deal? You know, like he's drunk, you know, So, I, and he's bleeding all over the patio. I wish, I know this is on some comedy store security camera. I wish I could get the tape. It'd be awesome. But he's bleeding. So we go next door because he's like bleeding like a fucking stuck pig, you know, Katana or whatever yeah, that, yeah. next door. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm there with him trying to like, you know, clean his face up. It's like, man, we're just going to regret it to go because I didn't want him to bleed all over the sidewalk on the way there. Well, again, he's drunk. So I see the, we see the two black dudes. They're walking down the street past Katana. And this idiot decides like, oh, I'm going to go for round two. Uh-oh. And he walks down there and he kind of like starts mouthing off to the first black dude. And the guy, all he does, it was so fluid how he does it. He just pulls his backpack off, kind of squares up with the dude I came with. I'm like, Jesse, like, what the fuck are you doing? This one-two opens his cheek up now. <laughs> So now he's bleeding out of his eye and out of his cheek right here in front of the comedy store, and that's my first. That was my first experience going to the comedy store. Mine is that. I think it was the greatest night I've had in comedy. Like seeing Ron White go on, Bobby Lee, Eleanor Kerrigan. I think Andrew Santino went on that night too. It was my first time ever
0: seeing him. He was awesome. Oh, he's the best, and uh...
1: and uh, Theo Vaughn. I think went on that night too. He was awesome.
0: I mean, it's a great uh, time to be up at the store, and uh, you know, just the lineups are like so good. I mean, even you know, you know, like when I go on, you know, toward the end of the lineup, it's still I'm following someone great. I'm bringing up someone great. I mean, it's it's really uh, and roast battle. I think had a lot to do with that. You know, it made it. uh, You know, roast battle was like you know uh, the first show after Tommy's uh, era that was like hey we gotta go to the store you know Tuesday nights I mean it's hard on a Tuesday night to get people out it's, uh, it's selling out though every Tuesday now I it's never not sold out it's crazy um, you know it it's, does well on the road uh, it's the only show
1: I'll ever be on or I have been on in my short career in comedy that has sold out
0: it's Yeah, I because mean, of me obviously but. well I mean the battles are great uh, you know and that's what's gonna keep the show going you know uh, you know, it is it is a joke writer showcase. Uh, I think, you know, now people realize that you just can't get up there and kind of fuck around. Uh, I mean, last week there was one uh, battle that you, you could tell the guy clearly didn't know what he was up in for. He didn't really prepare. And, uh, you know, I'm busting his balls. Jeff Ross is busting his balls. The waves killing him. Uh, you know, uh, the judges are killing him. You know, and it was just like,
1: it's. I've never not prepared, but like, I always wonder what's going through a person's head when they're up there just getting their shit grilled and they, like, what are they thinking?
0: i mean you know you never know you could have an off night i mean uh who was it uh a couple weeks ago lindsey jennings said uh a great battle against richie Gaines, and richie's like a great roaster you know, he really is uh i mean he's beaten a few people pretty badly but, but he prepared though for this no, yeah he didn't
1: prepare he just you know
0: he just had an off night an i off mean, night. No,
1: i'm not saying that that'll probably happen to all of us but i mean
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, if you he- know,
1: you're up here in front of these guys. You're like, you're not performing in front of a bunch of deadheads. Like, you're performing in front of like industry guys. You're performing in front of Jeff Ross. You're performing in front of, you know, Dave Chappelle. Like, who did you think you were that you
0: could come up here and be competitive without preparing? Oh my God! I mean, I write, uh, you know, a minimum of a uh, hundred jokes for uh, any battle I have. I mean, of course, the all timer was I had. I think 406 for Olivia, and she had about the same. But our battle kept getting delayed. But I knew how good she is. I'm like, I'm not getting embarrassed, you know, uh, or Benji. You you really have to ride for Olivia, too, because she's like, she's adorable,
1: too. You know, it's like you got to, that's like another thing you have to kind of. That's like another thing stacked against you with her because she's she's like, you know, the crowd's going to like her.
0: Oh, they're going to love her. And she's so likable. And, like, she talks about, you know, a few bad things that have happened in her life with a smile on her face. And, like, uh, you know, you can't. Uh, I noticed the people who lose to her, uh, they attack her. And it's just such a b- big mistake. You can't uh, attack her. I
1: really she- had her picked against Tom Berry
0: i thought she won uh but you know that's one of those things where it's like i mean it was pretty close battle I, I do think she won but it's like uh it's almost like in the ufc or boxing where they're gonna give it to the the more known person if it's close uh have you read this
1: kamala book i have to know like Oh, it's a great book. What's it about? Like, just is it is it an autobiography? Yeah. Is it just oh, okay?
0: I have, a, for those of you who don't know, I uh, have a, probably about seven or eight books on my uh, coffee table. Uh, none of them uh, deep. I uh, have a Burt Reynolds biography, Shep Gordon's biography, Reynolds. Bobby Brown, this uh, not the singer, the uh, the video vixen, uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat. Uh, a great book that my friend john gallagher wrote it's actually a, a great book even if you don't like hockey about the first not african-american uh, player in the nhl that was willie o'ree but the first african-american enforcer uh fighter uh goon if you will uh val james and it's called black ice and when you think about here's a black dude in the early 80s late 70s uh beating the shit out of white people <laughs> and we're talking in southern towns uh you know and then he went on to play in the nhl in toronto and buffalo uh i mean you can't what a vanguard what i a mean you, he, and he was a huge hulking dude and i gotta get that jersey now actually no, that jersey that's, that's on the cover, the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, uh, that's probably $5,000 for that. Uh, but Val James, if you like hockey or uh, just an interesting feel-good story, uh, or Black I just ice. love
1: stories about black people beating the shit out of white people. That's, that sounds awesome.
0: Well, just the uh, things he had to go through, like the, the racial taunts and you know uh, all, all kinds of awful things. Uh, but he survived, and... Uh, Stuck his middle finger up to everyone and got to the NHL. So that's uh, why
1: I love Dick Gregory.
0: Yeah. I mean, because
1: oh. like that's my favorite thing about any guy is like, okay, it's cool, like you know, celebrities or anybody who's done anything, but like I like to see the road they took or like how much they had to get their ass beat to get there. To me, that's those are the best stories. And like Dick Gregory has a good story. and I, I wouldn't mind reading that actually.
0: It's really a, an amazing book uh, just because, uh, you know, hockey and the. Well, pretty much since I would say up maybe the 2000s, it really, uh, African Americans started to kind of get a foothold in the league. Yeah, I think there's probably out of 900 players, maybe, maybe 70 to 100. Uh, but back then, he, he was literally probably when he was with the Maple Leafs, the only black player in the league, and no one would fight him because he was like. He was the king. Uh so uh yeah. P- pick up black ice on Amazon if you l- like a good sports bio. Be a great thirty for thirty, I think too. Uh oh yeah. Just yeah, that sounds uh, like it'd be a badass thirty for thirty. But the Kamala book is great just because uh You still watch wrestling? Like I, right I tried. It's uh I can't
1: do it, man. I've tried too. It's not it's that attitude era, after the attitude era was over, I just felt like they it didn't appeal to me anymore.
0: Well, I mean, I'm 48, so I, like, you know, came on board long before the Attitude Era, and I think— and I, I mean, feel- I can
1: even watch those. I can, I can watch the classic matches and enjoy them, you know, Hogan or Andre the Giant, uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior, but this the new—Seth Rollins is—I've is, heard, like, oh, you need to look at him, you need to check him out or whatever, but I don't know.
0: I mean, I feel old saying this because I remember when I was like younger, people would say, "Well, back when I watched, we had the best era." And I'm like, "Come on!" But like in the '80s, to be a wrestling fan was awesome because there was no internet, so you really thought that. You know, there's no Wikipedia. You know, there's really. Uh, Do you remember the wrestling magazines? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. used to subscribe to the black devil. and whites. Yeah, I mean, I used to
1: like them because there was titties in them, like occasionally. I used to jack
0: day. off to Missy Hyatt. There you go.
1: Uh, I used to jack off to Sable.
0: Oh, Sable was hot. And still is. I mean, I used to uh, jack off to China, but I'm not proud of it. Well, I watched China's uh, porno, and uh, what'd you think? Uh, it took me 20 minutes to figure out who uh, who was who in the video. <laughs> uh, I got ashamed. I was like, dang, she looks so much better
1: than these the than most Xbox. guys in pornos.
0: Well, it's like you know, but like, so I really did think as a child that Kamala was from Africa. <laughs> You know, I was like... Well, it's you know, not because it's acting. It's just because... Well, he was a good actor. Like, he played a savage, you know, beast, uh, like, really well. That's not what people in Africa are like. But, I mean, like, he played, like... <laughs> he, he's
1: he's what the NFL... He's what... uh He's what... um NFL. He's what the WWF said people in Africa are like.
0: But, like you know like when i watched king kong you know the the original king kong like and they had like the tribesmen jumping up and down like oh yeah that's what yeah he was good at. That. he was basically playing that i'm like wow that's crazy how'd they get this guy over here uh and then i met him uh at the olympic auditorium and uh he's like hey man my name is jim i'm like no nope, it's not <laughs> you're kamala i was do like you even do you talk i was like 11 and uh I, uh, my dad took me to a WWF event at the, uh, what was it? The Olympic Auditorium, which is now a Korean church. And, uh, he let me backstage, which shows you my dad's parenting skills. Uh, to lead me backstage at a WWF event just let me wander around. Wow. I'm surprised you didn't pick up a coke habit. Well, I'm just glad I didn't run into Pat Patterson. But, oh. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I, I saw Kamala in like a khakis and like a golf shirt and he, you know he's 6 well he's not six, six anymore he doesn't have uh, either of his legs but uh diabetes man uh,
1: in memphis um cuz jerry lawler is just in you know you could just be walking down. I see see jerry lawler all the time that's who gave him the character yeah and jerry lawler is awesome man he's i mean he's ran for mayor multiple times he's almost won a few times like people in i remember i was at steinmart one day and i was like looking for underwear and this guy bumps into me and I'm turning around like, fuck you, you know, and it's fucking Jerry Lawler. And you just randomly see him. He's he's the most approachable guy. And you would never think that this guy was like one of the most probably, I mean, obviously Hall of Fame, but like, you know, he was huge commentator for years and years and years, WWE. But now he's just in Memphis, just like kicking back, you know, chilling. He,
0: every now and then he'll run for mayor when he's bored. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, but that's like such a great era of, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, they have someone billed as, uh, uh, you know, being from the Sudan, you know, it's like, uh, there was a white moon dog too, wasn't there? Yeah.
1: yeah, and a black moon dog. Yeah, yeah. I remembered a white moon dog. Moon dog man. He was just a trashy white dude.
0: Yeah, moon dog man. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then there was a, then I was like, oh, I didn't even know there was a black moon dog. In my whole in my mind, moon dog was a white guy.
0: But I mean, like, you couldn't look that shit up. So like, whatever they, you know, I I, I really thought Abdullah the butcher was from the Sudan. <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I, I don't know where he's from, but like, I know he like has a rib joint in Atlanta which is really bizarre because he has hepatitis. He can't wrestle uh, anymore because he has hepatitis. <laughs> but, you know, he clearly, he needs to. I want to check the Yelp review for that place and just see if. Well, it's like probably like the Yelp review for the Studs Porno Theater right down the street. Yeah,
1: it's my first time coming away. I'm, I'm a huge bammer, dude. Like, I'm serious. My parents are from the sticks. And just like seeing how just weird west hollywood is it still just blows my mind like i was driving here right now and i just saw some lady she had crutches and she wasn't using them she was like playing them like a guitar i guess it was a i guess it was a lady could have been a guy i don't know but she was playing one crutch like it was a guitar on the side of the street with no pants on all she had on was underwear and just like a rain jacket
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you uh, lucky you didn't get to see the dude. He's like in his 60s. He's pretty overweight. He, I don't know how it's legal, but he rides his bicycle around these parts in bra and panties. And like apparently he's some just rich guy from Beverly Hills who just doesn't give a fuck. That's what I tell myself. I was like, man,
1: I bet you these people aren't even broke. I, I have a like I have a stinking suspension when I'm in West Hollywood. That like a lot of people that I see doing odd color stuff, they probably have are
0: probably rich as fuck. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a it's a wacky neighborhood. I mean, I I'm so immune to the wackiness. I don't. Uh, I've seen people boning in the bushes. I've seen. uh No, I'm a gawker, man. I can't help it. I I cannot help it. Like,
1: I, I almost cracked my neck the whole way here just looking out the window. I was like, man, what the fuck is. Where am I?
0: Well, you have to. You'll see Angeline uh, in her pink Corvette just driving around looking for attention. You'll see uh, all kind. You know, I go to, you know, kind of a wacky gym. You'll see Fabio, you know, working out. And it's like, then you'll see his commercial on TV. It's like, <laughs> it's West Hollywood is the best people watching. If you can, you know, stomach the, the, the wackiness of the neighborhood, which a lot of people can't you know
1: yeah it's not that bad it's not i mean i haven't seen anything that i thought was disgusting or anything it's just oh, so no. crazy
0: i mean i'm the only straight guy in this building everyone's cool really? uh you know it's not like uh, yeah i tell my straight friends it's like dude you're not that good looking where every gay guy is going to try and fuck you so you can come here we can go get something to eat we can yeah, go to the gym that. uh but what so you're from where are you from dude Originally. Um, well, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee,
1: but um, I was raised in like a small town in Mississippi, like northern Mississippi. And like, what brought you out to L.A.? Um, I. OK, so I met my wife in Memphis. She went to university of Memphis and I was going to like community college and we met and she's from Cerritos. She's like Orange County.
0: Bought my car there. And Cerrito, Cerritos all Square. We got ripped off. Go. No no one go to Cerritos Dodge. Worst customer service ever. I can believe it. But they had me by the balls. They knew I really wanted the car.
1: You have a You know, it's, I, I didn't mean to change the subject, but you're... I, I thought it was crazy that you own that car. Because, like, I had this vision in my head. I was like, oh, I, like, I wonder what kind of car Earl drives. And then I saw you pull up in that at the store. I was like... That's I've I've seen that Red Magnum before. I was like, I didn't know it was Earl's car.
0: I mean, I uh, I think uh, like two thousand seven. 2007, I did like a Doritos commercial, so I got a like a you know decent you know chunk of change. And uh, you were just like, I'm just gonna fucking I some don't on a yeah. I mean, I I, I uh, did you get the sport package? Uh, I got I I was looking back now. I'm like I'm being Jewish. I'm like such a bad negotiator. Like, I basically walked in and said, I want the highest-end Dodge Magnum you have with everything on it. I want every conceivable option. And uh, they, you know, wheeled this thing on it that looked like a Ferrari station wagon. And I'm like, what does it need? It's like, dude, it's got everything. And I basically just cut them the check for the amount the commercial was... uh, for oh, yeah. but uh, you know, not not the best way to negotiate. But uh
1: anyway, I was just gonna say a lot of people where I'm from have that same car, but it's all black dudes. That's why I was like, wow, it's kinda ironic that Well
0: it's definitely a black dude's car, like <laughs> especially when you see the uh the auto uh uh sound <laughs> store sticker across the front and uh you know I was like, like,
1: Yeah, this, this like Jewish guy, no, who's like rich at rich, you know, like well I don't say rich but like comes from fairly wealthy
0: background you know I mean you know I, I'm I was uh, you know I was I'm I think I'm upper middle class from the standpoint of I don't have to worry where my next meal's coming from. well when I heard like this guy is associated or like you know
1: somewhat related to the Kennedys I wouldn't be like oh and he drives a red
0: Dodge Magnum's like but that's that's just that's just my ignorance or whatever but anyway well, no. I mean, I live my life. The the greatest thing about my life is I'm not one dollar in debt. Like oh, I, I owe that's the n- shit. Nothing. It's the best. Like I, uh, you know, I have a. Uh, You're not a slave. Yeah, I mean I have a uh, uh a palatable mortgage here, you know, I can afford it. Uh my my car is paid off. Uh I you know, uh I don't I live my life by one thing. I don't buy anything I can't uh I have to worry about yeah. buying. Like if I like a nice pair of shoes and it's $500, I can't I don't want to you know, I, I don't want uh I can't afford $500 shoes, so I don't buy them. I buy $200. That's shoes. a great <laughs> That's a good philosophy. I mean, I think if everyone lived their life like that, uh, there'd be no Jewish. Uh, yeah, there'd be no uh, fucking Jewish uh, agents. Uh, you
1: know. So, but I, I, no, I think you should. I think you should take your. Because I saw your um, improv, uh, your improv. I think you did like twenty minutes for like Jeff Ross and like Irvine. Oh and yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And I was th- the whole time I was watching. I was like, man, if if like these, if these people in like the south like it just because i mean i'm sure unless they go on youtube and google it like they wouldn't see it you know like they would that shit would, they would love that shit they would i love mean just like just just like you're i don't know
0: i mean i'm a character you know
1: uh i don't uh just the character you portray on stage like i feel like it would go over really well because like all those dudes on there are jokesters and they like you know kind of they like to you know how that you tease the the like homosexual stuff and you tease like everything but at the same time you just kind of make it seem like it's obscure like it's, it's different
0: i mean i might come off as homophobic you know by saying uh like i have a new joke i talk about a, a dating app uh i'm making for people with full-blown aids called uh, last partner and uh <laughs> like on the surface oh my god that's that's a kind of homophobic joke but, but, they're
1: all, but that's the thing. They all are, they're all homophobic, but they all are, t- you know how it's like the more, the more you pretend to hate something inside, you actually want to be around it. But you know I'm like, I'm
0: the, yeah, I'm like the least homophobic. I'm, I mean, I live literally on the gayest street in West Hollywood. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of two gyms that are pretty gay, uh, my one of my best friends is the you know the great Samir Suri uh who's a uh, the great roast battler himself is uh as gay as the day is long yeah so uh Samir, I've never
1: met him but I um I've he's seen great. some of his roasts
0: he's funny uh so now let's get into a little bit uh who uh, your roast now this will air tomorrow so uh you know uh so i will have either been defeated at this point or i would have won right we're not giving any secrets away what is
1: your strategy who are you battling tonight well this guy's my friend first of all so we're just gonna shit on each other that's the plan It's just like we know too much about each other uh josh michaels it's like a con- he's done he's done some stuff he has his own podcast i don't want to plug it because oh his you podcast. can no nah, fuck his podcast right uh-huh. I'll plug my own podcast. Yeah, well, you know, what is, uh, what is your podcast? Uh, me and me and another uh my first battle, uh me and Tony Asar, we started a podcast. It's called All Black Podcast. Oh. Yeah, and uh I mean, it, it it is it is fairly political, but like we have complete opposite political views like he's a radical Republican. Like he's a libertarian, Like a, a black Trump. Dude. Mm, he doesn't like Trump though, but He's he's like a radical Republican in the sense that you know he wants the Republican party to change on shit. And I'm the opposite. Like I'm kind of an anarchist in the sense that like I don't even believe in parties and stuff a lot of the time. But we both know a lot about politics. We both know a lot about history, and we kind of like bring that into the show. And we you know we have bits, and we you know we talk about pussy and shit. Like it's you know. It's a it's a cool podcast in my opinion. We're only two episodes in,
0: but like, we're, and where uh, can people listen to it?
1: Um, uh, we're we're on SoundCloud right now, but the, uh, episode three is gonna be on iTunes. It's called Alt Black Podcast.
0: and um, and where can people? Uh, while we're plugging stuff now, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh,
1: yeah, you can find me on Twitter too, biglon 1988 and uh, Spell
0: that out for my fans. Big
1: Lon B-I-G-L-O-N 1988 at, at Twitter. And
0: uh Instagram.
1: Uh, I don't really do Instagram. It's just a bunch of ratchets on there. Good for you.
0: I mean, I did I mean you gotta do. I mean, listen. I, I, I try to, but there's just so
1: much pussy on there, man. It's like distracting.
0: <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't uh if I didn't have a podcast, I would literally have no social media.
1: There's even man pussy on there now. I go on. It's like because oh, you know who I do respect though? Lindsey Jennings, because that girl is using social
0: media to the fullest. Shout out to you, respect. Oh, Lindsay is the best. Uh, you know, I mean, she's uh, she's a marketer, man. And why not? I mean, uh, if you look like she does, uh, oh yeah, there's plenty of guys who uh, are into that, and that's who you want as fans, yeah. like Instagram.
1: And I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the, the n word without the hard R, but like Instagram, if you. If you want to find some thirsty niggas with Whoa. extra money, watch out. That's the place you need to go. Instagram. That's you need to market yourself on there. That's where you go. Why sure.
0: do you think that is? Because
1: it's just so accessible, man. Like you just click an app and you just scroll down. I mean, like some girls are actually have, you know. I mean, she has like her own Snapchat and stuff. But like, I know other girls who have even marketed themselves in the book deals and got on shows and stuff purely from Instagram, purely just from like putting their ass shots on Instagram.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I know, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, this is back when Vine was happening that you'd have to pay them. If you wanted them in your Vine video, you had to pay them like five grand <laughs> because they had like a bazillion followers. So
1: the first, the first, my only loss in Rose Bell is to a Vine guy. And I that, that's, that haunts me. Kevin McNamara. He's cool though, but man, he, but he's like a, he he was a huge Vine guy and I actually wrote a joke about it, but I didn't get to use it. Cause we didn't go to OT, but man, I was like, I did not want to lose to a Vine guy. Cause I, I, I talk, I have like bits where I just talk so much shit about people who, who were like Vine people. Cause it was like a sub, it was like a sub community. And then like they were getting acting roles and stuff from Vine And I guess just the hater in me was like, that's fucked up, even though I kind of respect it in a way.
0: I mean, you can't – you know, it's an old saying, but don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, you know, I've been on uh, things where it's like, uh, you know, I should have gotten things, but other people were giving them uh, instead because they were – fit the whatever that the executives Uh were looking for so no
1: i don't mean that like i I would never hate on somebody for getting something it's just like vine was just so easy you know it's like so fucking easy you know 12 second videos you know you just do a million of them and throw your face out there a million times and you can get on i don't know
0: well i mean i i found most people couldn't put together a funny uh six second video on vine and then now you've got Instagram and Facebook Live, which is, I guess, I don't know if it's unlimited uh, time. Oh, I think but so, yeah. My God, it's it's painful. Uh,
1: I love Facebook Live now, though. I mean, I would love
0: them if they were funny.
1: I don't, I don't like comics on it. I like all the other stuff. Like, they have Saturday morning cartoons now. You can watch, like, X-Men Saturday morning. I've been watching all this political stuff. Like, I go on there. Like, you know my best roasting exercise? What? Uh, Sean Spicer, when he does his uh, Facebook, when they... When CNN posts the the uh, press conferences, I just go on there and troll him for an hour and just think of every joke I can think of and just put it on there. And I've gotten so many just like positive responses. People are like, "Oh, dude, you're pretty funny." Even from people who love the Republican Party and love like what they're doing, it's just like, "Oh, that shit was actually was legitimately funny." That's like my
0: Portion Spicer. It's that's the toughest gig in the world.
1: You got to uh, know. You got to know when he reads that shit. He's like, "Oh man, how am
0: I gonna sell this?" And he has to, like, I, I mean, Trump is, uh, he's really unbelievable. Doesn't that look like the America's most
1: wanted logo behind Yeah.
0: We're uh, <laughs> watching, uh, we've got CNN on in the background. We've got... It just
1: says hate crimes above right. Trump's head.
0: I love, uh, any presidential, uh, address to Congress because you're literally getting... Hundreds of people who hate each other in the same room. It's literally like getting every L.A. comic in a room and watching the most <laughs> hated one do bits. Watching watching
1: Tommy talk to them all?
0: Yeah, I mean, but but it's like... Uh, you, you know, you choose should
1: watch. I think you'd really think it was entertainment. Uh, Question Time, the British... Because, uh, you know, the British, theirs is even more intense. They're congressional. Uh, it's like, okay, they put the prime minister in a room... And they throw everybody in Parliament in there, and they just grill the shit out of her for as long. And she has to just take it. She gets like a—it's almost like roast battle. They give her a week to prepare. They give her like a few things, and these people just come in and they just berate the shit out of her. Like Theresa May, girl, do your thing, because like I got a lot of respect for you for taking. I mean, these dudes literally just like say everything. They—I mean, they. She's a Conservative Party, but these people hate her, and they just come out with all this shit, and she just has to come up with rebuttals the whole for like three hours what got you into stand-up uh i well, you know i always wanted to do stand-up but memphis is not really a market for comedy not really
0: like what's it's just like one club that everyone that like does one, yeah the like the open one, mic
1: uh no it's like one club that, that'll occasionally get like a, a pretty good feature guy you know like maybe guy Tori will come or Cedric the Entertainer or something like that, but nothing like out here where, you know, it's just, sat- you know, you turn your back, there's like comics fucking everywhere, there's comedy clubs everywhere, you got the store, and Laugh Factory, multiple improvs, even flappers or whatever, and uh, I actually did one audition for like a, like a, I don't know, it was a play or something, but like they advertised it, that they were looking for people that were funny, and like people that told me I was funny, I was like, I'll give it a try, I didn't have shit going on. And I I got like one, I I bombed, but I got one guy to laugh my very first time, like just auditioning. Where was it? Uh, some little dinky hole in the wall in Memphis, Tennessee. But when I, and when I moved out here, I was like not far from Flappers.
0: That's your problem.
1: (laughs) Flappers had an open mic. Yeah. So I started doing flat and I like I never got on the on the bringer show bandwagon, but like I did do the I did the open mic pretty. I, I still do the open mic there, and you know I, I have nothing against flappers, but I don't do that bringer show bullshit.
0: I mean, I'll, I'll give them the respect that it's hard to start a comedy club and keep it going. Uh, other than that, I don't I don't think anyone uh, should be teaching comedy that yeah. that's, you know. Uh, I never under I never got that. Like they would
1: send me shit. Like oh, you know, 50, you know, fifty books, seventy five bucks coming. Out. And I never I like all because I study comedy. Like I read about I read comedians' books. I listen to on title they have every comics albums or whatever. It's like none of these guys took classes. What the fuck would I go pay Flappers fifty bucks to teach me something that these guys are savants at, and they didn't have to take a class? Uh, I never understood it.
0: Well, it's like you. It's like if you're going to learn how to hit a baseball, you're going to go up to, say, Tony Gwynn. If he's teaching a class, right, I'll take a class from him or Rod Carew. Uh, I'm not going to go to some guy who never, you know, maybe played in a slow-pitch softball league. <laughs> uh, you know, Seinfeld's teaching a class, Chappelle, or who, Jeff Ross is teaching yeah. a roasting class. I'll take it. But uh, I just think you should be somewhat advanced in the uh world of stand-up if you're going to teach it um so it's the same thing with like acting classes i see all these acting schools and it's like well what tv or movie shows have you been in uh uh,
1: but i but i gotta give it to flabbers if it wasn't for them i wouldn't have gotten into comedy because they made they gave me a good environment to suck in until i got good enough to have some confidence. And, oh yeah, and it was a good community. Like I met Johnny Stewart there. I met Tony. Me and Tony. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been in Rose Battle. I hate to admit it was truth. Like he challenged me because we were at Mike's, and he had because you know Tony. Tony's Tony battled a few. He he um, he battled like Quinn Mascatolo, who's a great guy. Yep. I think he's moving back. By the way, oh good, he's a good dude. He's yeah. I think he's gonna. I mean, if he hadn't moved, he would have probably been on road to rose battle or the show in my opinion
0: i mean you never know it's like uh it's uh in terms of you know what gets on the the finished product the tv show it, it it's uh, you know i'm, I'm not really uh, involved in and in, they, that's just
1: my opinion i feel because like, I, I think he's really good and he has a good look i know that stuff's important too when it comes oh to yeah TV.
0: i mean it but it's tough though like you know he's, he's kind of a, a white dude and it's like they got enough white guys doing it <laughs> yeah uh, no i mean i mean like you know, know what you mean it's like you know uh i mean look at season one you had you know three or four guys who basically look the same me Mike Lawrence, K. Trevor Wilson, uh, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah, you did. You were rocking a beard season one. Huh? I think you had a little bit of a yeah. five o'clock. Yeah. But, you know, and you had then you had like, you know, uh, say Mark Norman and Tony Hinchcliffe who kind of look alike. When we first met,
1: the first time I met you at the store was like literally I just came back from Montreal and. And you had just beat Jimmy Carr. And I just remember thinking like, man, this, that was the shit, dude. Cause like, I love Jimmy Carr. I think he's hilarious. And like, just to think like, you know, as successful as he is, like I saw Rose battle as something is like, that shit is any given Sunday, dude. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how famous you are. Anybody can be anybody. And that, that gave me a lot of like encouragement to like, no, you can do this, you know, it doesn't matter who you battle. It doesn't matter. Just like, Can do the work and it can happen.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, it's and then it's all subjective. I mean, I I was lucky in that battle with Jimmy to have two judges who valued uh, performance. Uh, Oh, it was a Jimmy Kimmel, and it's Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen. And uh, you know, uh, so much of roast battle is luck in terms of who's judging, you know, uh, if that was. Sarah Silverman and Judd Apatow, they probably voted for Jimmy. How I think. determine who went first? I mean, uh, well, I like to force people to go first, uh, which is what in my battle with Sarah Tiana kind of threw me, because I think she knew that, and she threw it to me. She's like, well, Earl, why don't you go first? And when someone says that, you can't back down. Yeah, because it makes you like a bitch you know yeah so like again, so
1: true uh the happened to me and my one loss is like he was just quickly like oh you go first
0: because it's a real power it's like two dogs pissing on each other <laughs> it's whoever like <laughs> that's a good analogy but you got to kind of bully for lack of a better word the, but the other-
1: ironic part is that makes you you're actually the bitch because like You're you're waiting for the reaction instead of being the guy to, like, throw the first punch.
0: But I I also think it it depends. Like, for me, I'm better at rebuttals than actual jokes, Uh, admittedly. Like, you know, I can write some good roast jokes, uh, but I'm much more comfortable having someone say, well, Earl, you're this. And then I can go, no, well, you're that. And uh, I think, uh, you know, it's paid off in every battle but the... uh, on a battle because she knew i didn't like to go first and she uh i won't say she made me but like you know she
1: uh it's definitely from
0: from there's
1: been a huge gap in the strategy like it, there was a lot of strategy in that first season but now watching the second season like everybody up to annie the new york people up to annie and the la people up to annie so it's like it's so crazy to think where it's gonna go from now
0: well, yeah, it's a lot of people compare about the seasons together, and uh, I mean, I would say season two had more overall roasters. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, but I think my season had uh, the higher end roasters, like you know, uh, you know, like this season, you know, you didn't have outside of Todd Barry, uh, oh, who was yeah, great. You, mean, yeah. uh, you know, you pretty much everyone else was a roaster. Yeah. Uh, where in my season uh you know uh ralphie Mays not really uh, a a technical roaster um you know steve renizzisi's uh an amazing comic but not a roaster per se uh but i think my season had like you know jimmy carr sarah tiana mike lawrence uh you know tony hinchcliffe uh and you know the the first guy that i beat uh, tom ballard I don't think people realize how good he is. Um, mm. I, like in my opinion, I thought he beat. You know, there was an untelevised season uh, of roast battle. Uh, th- it was called uh, Roast Masters. Uh, so uh, I thought Tom had beaten Jimmy Carr in that in that season. So he's a lot of people don't realize how good he is. There's
1: a lot of people that didn't make it on this season too, who I think are.
0: Oh, yeah. I like, mean, like
1: uh, Nicole Amy Schraber, I think she's pretty, really she's funny. She's great. I think she um, probably would have got pretty far. You know, it's. Uh, Her rebuttal game is pretty sick, too.
0: You have to. I mean, because you got to figure everyone's going to have good jokes uh, for the yeah, most at part. At that point, yeah, uh, of course. You know, when you get to I that level. one bad
1: joke in that whole
0: program. Yeah, I mean you look at this season, I mean Jay Light's great, Anna Balance great, Olivia's amazing, um uh, you know, Scott Chaplin's great, Zach Amico's that great. That reminds
1: me, you gotta battle Zach Amico. Because I
0: think that would be
1: that would be a really good you know how how Two personal like when you see two roses with two similar personalities, it's usually kind of like a good chemistry for a good battle. And I think Zach Amico, cause I think he's hilarious. Like I listened at his podcast with um Luis Gomez, and I think that is funny as fuck.
0: Oh, he's awesome. It's great, dude. Uh I think that that
1: would be a legit battle. Didn't you call him out on the
0: yeah, okay. but I was kidding mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just doing some <laughs> shtick that night. <laughs> I mean, it does bother me, like, the New York... I want
1: to use the word schmuck more often and not sound like an asshole when I do but I think that's such a funny word.
0: Oh, it's a great word. Schmuck. <laughs> I mean, it does bother me, the New York battlers, and I'm not really speaking of anyone in particular, but, like, I know they think they're better at roast battle than we are. Do they really think that, though? Well, absolutely. Is the- I think they think they're better writers and uh but, but doesn't it make you a better and I, i'm
1: not saying anything about new york because a lot of those guys i like too oh like, they're
0: killers that,
1: yeah so i'm not I, like anybody out there who's thinking i'm talking shit about the new york ballad, i'm not saying that because i watched i watched rose masters i know those those dudes are good oh i mean but i feel like a better writer uses word economy and like you know you know what I'm like to me it's harder to to squeeze a joke down to to four seconds and still have that bite and that meanness and that and it'd be super punchy whereas them you know it's not you know it's not such a big deal to go and tell a 12 second joke crowd doesn't care
0: oh i mean there i mean zach amico amazing scott chaplin's great uh mark norman's a killer evan uh, williams that dude's bad yeah evan man. williams is great um Jessica Kirschian is great. I mean, uh, Christy Ciello is really fun to watch. That's gonna. Uh, that's, so, are you? Are you? I heard that um, there were rumors of me going back there, but I am not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, that's not what
1: I was gonna say, but it was good to know though.
0: Well, I mean, they're doing the New York versus LA. I think it's in like two weeks, where you get a couple of LA guys. It's gonna be on you. I heard
1: um, it's the gonna East be on, said it was gonna be on YouTube too yeah. though not just on Gas Digital
0: but like what they what they don't understand is if it wasn't for LA Roast Battle they wouldn't have a current TV crowd. That is the truth. And they it's need just to respect, the truth.
1: They need to respect that because And it's we like, talk all this shit but I know y'all are kissing those uh Comedy Central credits right now. Yeah.
0: So when you get that check from Comedy Central, you know, think wow, if Brian Moses uh doesn't start roast Battle in LA, uh, you know, and we do it every week out here and there's five six battles every week you guys do it every two weeks and we took your champ mike lawrence is ours now yeah and i think mike is originally someone told me he's from la like i don't know i mean i guess he's i don't know that like you know maybe he's not from la but like he started out here then went to new york or something where he had an la uh connection and uh you know I'm sorry, but everyone comes to LA to make it. So if we're so make dates on the card tonight too, yeah. Oh, JP's awesome. Like he's him and Connor will be a great battle. Two very similar styles. Two good-looking, kind of condescending guys. Uh, so it, it's. I mean, New York's got some great battlers. I mean, I do think there's more of us out here, uh, and you know, I think we're more, pardon the pun, battle-tested. You know, uh, you, and even they've admitted it. I've heard it on. Uh, Scott, was it no? was it
1: Eli? Yeah, Eli Sayers was saying it on uh, Luis Gomez's podcast. He was like, the belly room is more fight club of an atmosphere than a stand.
0: Yeah, like, and the stand man, is great. Yeah. I mean, Patrick... I've never been, but... It's amazing. Patrick Milligan is the best. He runs a stand. But, like, I think... You might have even seen it in season two uh, with some of the LA versus New York battles. We're just... Our fight cards are better. Like you look at, uh, you know, like Jay Light. I mean, he's he's battled probably everyone in the top ten, so he's ready. Anna Valenzuela has battled yeah. like a lot.
1: It really sucked that him and Frank had to meet so early in the tournament because I I had a feeling that if I had money, I would have put on either one. Whoever wins that battle between him and Frank is going to win it all.
0: Yeah, and that's like. That's the great thing about Roast Battle is like we were talking about. Anyone can win or lose. Frank, before Roast Battle, was ranked number 31. And you got to, you know, it's very much like hockey goalie uh, in the playoffs. Like you uh, you take a team, you know, who just squeaks in into eighth place in the NHL playoffs. But if their goalie gets hot in that first round, they can win the cup. Right. And they might not be the best team, but, the, you know, Frank got hot.
1: Frank got hot, and I um, cause I was at. He ran some jokes at uh Hollywood Hotel, like the night before the finale, and you know he was writing jokes for three people. That's so he was brutal. Running jokes for three people, and he was running the jokes, and I was like, man, this dude is dialed in. Like all, he already had the delivery perfect. He already had like the sin and stress on certain stuff. Like he was telling one joke about Joe Dodge. I think it was a forehead joke about. Something about, um, I don't want to butcher his joke, but something about Joe Dosh's head is like he um added another story so he could think about dicks or whatever. The way he said it, it was so punchy and so and like and all he had was a picture of Joe Dosh, but like to have to to think like, oh, when he's on stage against huh. him, that shit is going to hit yeah I mean when he won it all to to me and probably all the people who were there when he was running jokes I wasn't really surprised to be honest
0: oh no I mean uh I thought when I saw the field I mean I thought uh I mean my my pick was Olivia to win it just because uh she's like the the perfect uh battler from the standpoint of she's a great writer she's incredibly likable she's really fast with rebuttals um and
1: yeah her little subtlety too like her little coy way of just burning you
0: yeah and like you can't like it's tough when you're battling a girl like when we battled at uh la riot last year i was like so scared because i'm like you know my style is to like almost be a pro wrestler and like do a rick rude burn on you you fat lazy <laughs> and you can't do that with olivia she's just too good and she's so likable that smile will melt your heart and this is uh, gonna
1: make you come across like just a savage
0: yeah and you and what and that's you know when you look at her uh you know victories uh you know in the first round uh this year it's like you know her opponent was you know you know, well, I had to teach her how to be funny, and it's like uh, it was just didn't work. And then, uh, you know, when she battled Alex Hooper, we did a special show at the Hammer Museum, and in uh, and Alex Hooper's the LA Champ, and he's amazing and one of the sweetest dudes in the world. Oh yeah, uh, I think
1: that was the first night I met him too. The night I met you, and I was like, man, these dudes are. Like, every bit is nice as yeah. I would hope all L.A. comics are. They're not. And then I found out that was bullshit. Was, like, at least... I, I mean, it's just nice to meet little gems, you know? You meet people. It's like, oh, that dude is legitimately yeah. cool, you know?
0: Like, I have no... Frank. I... That'd be your oh, grade. Yeah. Frank's cool. You know, Frank Moses is great. I mean, The Wave, they're all great. Yeah, no, I no, mean... No. Uh,
1: I mean, I've met a bunch of L.A. Because I'm not an L.A. comic. I'm barely a comic. But, like, I'm, I'm definitely not an L.A. comic. That's but a good like, thing. I've met... <laughs> I've met it to me, it's 50-50. Like half the people I meet, I, I could never meet again. And then the other people are surprised. And then people surprise me a lot. So I just keep, I just, I try to, you know, just keep, keep, stay open, you know. Like I meet people, I'm nice to them, or whatever. But like some people are just so, I don't even know if they're even dicks. I just feel like they're so focused on being famous and
0: but it's like it's such a small world out here. And and the more successful you get, the smaller you know, the mountaintop gets. And like, you know, the other night, you know, I was asked by someone of authority about a particular comic, uh, you know, in terms of hiring them for something. And uh, you know, I just shot the person who asked me the question a look like mm mm. And so this person will not be hired because of, you know, they're just a dick there you go and uh you know i mean that's how it should be man like but i mean it's such like you like alex
1: hooper i would it uh, he's he's nice across the board so it's like if i ever was in a position and somebody asked me about him i have nothing negative to say about him and that's a credit to him and he should be rewarded yeah you have
0: to be liked and like it's it's just you know might be cool to be a dick to people you know in the patio during roast battle but uh you know, you got to be careful who you're being a dick to, you know, because you don't know uh, what what they're going to end up in a year or two.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to be doing a hour special or anything anytime soon, but it doesn't matter. You know, like I'm just if you're just nice to people, that stuff, it, it comes back in good ways, at least in my experience. Like a, a door guy at the store gave me some really good advice or not really so much good advice. He just told me something I thought was really important. He was like. He was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, don't, don't, uh, you know, this guy, this guy behind you is a name dropper or whatever. I hope you're not." And I just told him, "I was like, man, I don't know anybody, you know, like I don't even have any names to drop. I don't know anybody." He's like, "Keep it that way."
0: I mean, you should be nice to everyone, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, you know, just to, it's just a way, a good way to live life. But you know, it's especially in the world of comedy, like you know, it's like that shampoo commercial. You tell. Two people, they tell two people. And if you're a dick, it just spreads around so fast. Uh but uh we've got to get you ready for your roast battle, uh, which is in under an hour. So uh Lonnie, anything you want to plug to the fans? Listen to all Black Podcasts. If you want to see,
1: I don't know if you want to just like laugh and not have to be too bombarded by bullshit politics and uh uh follow me on Twitter, Big 1988. Check out Rose Battle. Like so many talented people on there. I like the show showed me so much love. I just want to contribute to it and like let every, let anybody know. Like just just watch the show. You'll I mean you can't not like the show. The show's been hot for like three years and and which is crazy when you think about it how hot that show is still. After I mean just being a bunch of open micers for the most part. Just I don't know, watch Rose Battle, all black podcasts.
0: All right, guys, Lonnie Johnson, he's a good dude, so follow him on the appropriate sites and uh, Inappropriate Earl on SoundCloud and iTunes. You know the drill. Leave a review if you haven't done so already. And uh, Lonnie's a good dude, so become a fan of his. Follow him and uh, Roast Battle every Tuesday night. Go on, uh, I think, verbalviolence.tv. You've got the top rankings. you got the roast report and any uh, late-breaking news. And uh, a lot of people are asking me when my next battle is. Uh, don't worry about it. It's coming. And uh, revenge is coming even sooner than that because Daddy has a reach. I might be completely unknown in the world of stand-up comedy, but a lot of people love Daddy, and those people are in a position to hire you and fire you or not hire you altogether. So you should think about that.